Father, I just ask you in Jesus' name to use me, Lord, for your glory. I need your anointing, Lord, to bring your word to life, to bring your word to these people's hearts and minds. I ask for it by faith. Lord, I speak in the, in the presence of Christ before God. It doesn't matter if I'm speaking to five people or 5,000. Lord, I'm speaking to you what you've spoken to me. So God, I give you praise and I give you thanks. And I, I just thank you, Lord, that you're in me and you're with me, Lord, and you will speak today. Lord, establish people today in your truth. Uh, encourage people, Lord. Build people up, oh God. Bring, let people receive this word with meekness, Lord, with a humble heart, with a ready mind, so that, they, Lord, that, that, that seed can work in them. Let them not be, Lord, like those that, that heard the word, but it didn't profit them because they didn't, they didn't receive it. They didn't mix it with faith. But, God, I pray that every person in this place, Lord, from a child to an old man, would receive your word with faith, God, and that it would work powerfully in them, Lord. It would work effectually in them. In Jesus' name, amen. The title of this message is, Don't Waste Your Waste Places. Don't waste your waste places. Isaiah 51, uh, 2 and 3, please stand for the reading of the word. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who bore you. For I called him alone, or when he was alone, and blessed him and increased him. For the Lord will comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places. He will make her wilderness like Eden and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in it. Thanksgiving and the voice of melody. You may be seated. When did the Lord call Abraham? When he was alone, without children. But he blessed Abraham and Sarah and he made them abundantly fruitful through the promised seed. He says, the Lord will comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places. Zion is a representation of the people of the Lord. And in the old covenant, it was just Israel. In the new covenant, it's Israel and the church. It's all one body through Christ Jesus. And so he says, he will comfort all her waste places. Waste, a waste place means this, a, a place laid waste, a ruin. A desolation or a desolate city, a desert, a decayed place, a place of ruin and destruction. Have you got any waste places in your life? Let's read verse 3 again. For the Lord will comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places. Not some, all her waste places. God's promise of comfort is not an emotional sentiment. It's not a, oh, I'm sorry you're suffering. I hope you feel better. He promises to make the waste places fruitful. He will make her wilderness like Eden and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in it. Thanksgiving and the voice of melody. Those places of sorrow, those places of, of grief, those places of heaviness. He's going to transform them into beautiful places. His comfort takes the dry and lifeless places and makes them like the Garden of Eden. His comfort transforms the deserts of our lives 
into his garden full of life and good fruit. Then joy and gladness and thanksgiving will fill our mouths with melodious songs of praise. Our waste places are not curses. Our waste places are not curses from God. No, they're empty places that God wants to fill with beauty and with fruit. We need to change our perspective on our waste places. Second Corinthians, Paul said that God is the God of all comfort. He's the God of all comfort. And he said, I will comfort all your waste places. The God of all comfort will comfort all your waste places. Comfort is for pain. It's for alleviating suffering and bringing healing. Think about it. When a child falls and scrapes his elbow or his knee, he doesn't run to the medicine cabinet. He runs to mommy. She will make it all better. God has made mothers to be comforters. Thank God for mothers. But there are some pains in life that even mothers can't heal. I want to look at three kinds of pain, three types of waste places, and God's promise to bring comfort and new life out of them all. Isaiah 54 one, uh, says this, Sing, O barren, you who have not born, break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Praise God. The first waste place is barrenness. It's the place of inability to bring forth new life. The pain of this waste place is crushing disappointment. This waste place is most clearly seen in the woman who longed for children and couldn't bear them. This waste place is full of broken hopes, like a room full of broken glass. But look at what God declares to those in this waste place. Sing, verse 1. O barren, you who have not born children, break forth into singing and cry aloud. You who have not labored with child, for more are the children of the desolate. And that word desolate also can mean waste. The children of the desolate, of the empty, than the ch children of the married woman, says the Lord. He says, start singing. Shout for joy. You, the desolate one, are going to bring forth more children than the mothers around you with many children. How is this possible? For the woman with a barren womb or the woman who wanted to marry and, and never found the right man or the wife whose husband has a low seed count and for whatever reason they can't bear natural children because there is a husband who never, never, never fails to bring forth new life. Seed has come and is multiplying children through those who are joined in intimacy to him. His seed has come. Isaiah 54, 5 says, For your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. 
the more children are the seed of Christ. When he says, you'll bring forth more children, he's talking about the seed, small s, the seed of Christ. He's talking about becoming a fruitful mother in Israel with many more offspring than she could ever bear if her womb were, were naturally strong and whole and healed. If she had 10 children or 12 children or 15 children, I've heard of people having 20 children. God says, you with the barren womb, you with the desolate womb, with the waste place, you, I'm calling you to be fruitful. I'm going to give you more seed than the woman with many children. Praise God. Romans 7, 4. Paul said, Therefore, my brothers, you've also become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you may be married to another who was raised from the dead, that we should bear fruit to God. How do you bring forth fruit unto God? By being married to another. Not to the law, not to the letter which kills, but to the Son of God. We've died to the law so we'd be married to Christ so that we would bring forth fruit unto God. See, the mystery of fruitfulness is your union with Christ. It's being married to Christ. It's intimacy with Christ. That's when you just become fruitful. How do a natural man and woman become, have children? Intimacy. The same is true in the kingdom. It's intimacy with God. It's intimacy with Christ that brings forth fruit. It's not working for God. It's not doing for God. It's being intimate with Christ. That brings forth fruit. Praise God. What is the fruit? Well, it's the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, self-control. But it's also... It's also the fruit of the seed of God. There are at least three kinds of seed in the Bible. All are metaphors. They're pictures describing a spiritual reality. The seed God promised to give Abraham when he was just one man in Genesis. It, it is Christ. It's the seed, capital S, the seed that would, be, would bless all the nations, all the families of the earth would be blessed through Abraham's seed. And that seed is Christ. Praise God. But Christ's seed, Christ's offspring, are those children who are born of God by faith in him. Those that are born again, born of the Spirit. So there's Christ, the seed, the promised seed who would bless all the earth. And then there's Christ's seed, small s. That's us. That's believers in Jesus Christ, with Christ within us. The seed, blessing all the earth. Praise God. The third metaphor fits perfectly with the first. Christ, the seed of God. The word of God is called seed. There's, there's parables that Jesus taught about the seed being sown. We talked about it on the different types of soil. The word of God is seed. And you know that Jesus, one of his names, it says in the beginning was what? The word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. And the word came and dwelt among us. And it says in Revelation, it says that he has a name written on him that no one else knows but he himself. And his name is the word of God. 
So the word of God, what I'm preaching to you right now, it's seed. And if you receive it with faith and a good heart, a heart prepared with humility, it will grow in you. It will produce life in you. Praise God. First Peter 1.23, it says, Being born again. How? Not of corruptible seed, talking about man's seed, human seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. There will be people in this church that will be born again because they hear the word of God, that incorruptible seed. And when they receive it by faith, they will become new creatures in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come, and the Holy Spirit will begin to will reside in them and walk in them and live in them and push out darkness and push out sin and sanctify them. The Word of God is seed. So how do we, the seed or the offspring of Christ, produce more children? Or more seed, new born-again children of God? Isaiah 51, 16. I have put my words, remember the word is seed, I have put my words in your mouth. And I have covered you with the shadow of my hand that I may plant the heavens and, and lay the foundations of the earth and say unto Zion, you are my people. God said through Isaiah, I put my words in your mouth that I may plant the heavens. You see, the word of God is that eternal seed. And when it's received in the heart, it causes people to be born again. And you know where they're planted? In heaven. You know how heaven is filled? By the word of God. By the seed of the word of God. Listen, you're going to bring forth twice-born children by receiving the seed of the word of God from your heavenly husband. You understand that? Intimacy with a human husband doesn't always guarantee children. But intimacy with your heavenly bridegroom does. He will speak his word, that incorruptible seed, in the secret place. And then you will take it out and speak it in love to others who will then receive it and be planted in heaven. Amen. Intimacy. Intimacy. With the Father, with the Son, with the Spirit, brings life. Verse 2, enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. He's saying, you got a small tent? Prepare. It's going to get bigger. It's going to be filled. You're going to need a bigger tent. So you need, to, you need to get a bigger covering and you need to stretch, you need to get longer ropes and you got to strengthen your stakes. He tells her to prepare for a great expansion. He tells her to do this before, before she sees the increase. Based solely on the promise of coming fruitfulness. Faith acts before it sees the answer. He says to that barren woman, prepare for an enlargement. Prepare for increase. Make your tent bigger. Strength, lengthen your cords. Stretch out your curtains. Strengthen, strengthen your stakes. It's coming. And those who believe will respond. 
Faith responds before it sees. Praise God. Verse 3. For you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit what? The nations. And make the desolate or the waste cities inhabited. Glory to God. Glory to God. Your children won't be like natural children who grow up, live life, get old, and die. Your children will inherit the nations with Christ. And they will not just build up the waste places, but the waste cities. God is saying, put your dancing shoes on. Put your singing voice on. Put your shouting voice on. Because your desolate places are going to become fruitful. I'm going to make you more fruitful than you could ever have been in the natural. You pined after the natural. You grieved after the natural. But I'm going to do something in and through your life that's supernatural. Praise God. Isaiah 58, 12. And they that shall be of you or shall come of you shall build the old waste places. They shall raise up the foundations of many generations. And you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. Oh, the devil has lied and said, you have no posterity. You have no legacy to pass down with your children to the next generation. You're barren. But what does God say? More are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman. Jump up and shout. Sing aloud. The devil points to your barren places. God says, those are the places I'll fill. Glory to God. Verse 4, do not fear, for you will not be ashamed, neither be disgraced, for you will not be put to shame, for you will forget the shame of your youth and will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. The second waste place is loss. This is represented by the wife who loses her husband to death and becomes a widow. Look at the end of that verse. And will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. The pain of this loss is emptiness and loneliness. But God says, do not fear. You will not be ashamed or disgraced. You will forget the shame of your youth. In other words, God is not punishing you. By taking away that precious person for some sin in your past, some sin in your youth. His plans for you are still fruitfulness that will last. Amen. You will not be ashamed nor disgraced. God will fill your loneliness. God will heal and comfort your pain. God's comfort doesn't just come and say, oh, I'm sorry, you're feeling bad. God's comfort heals it changes. It mends what is broken to be better than before it was broken. Hallelujah. Verse 5. For your maker is your husband. Your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. And your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He is called the God of the whole earth. Verse 6. For the Lord has called you. Like a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit. Like a youthful wife when you were refused, says your God. The third waste place is seen in the wife refused by her husband. Do you see that? Like a youthful wife when you were refused or divorced. 
This third waste place is rejection. She is forsaken and grieved in spirit. Her pain is insufficiency, inadequacy. She was not enough for her husband. He found fault in her and he forsook her. He left her. This, I believe, is the deepest pain. It leaves the heart raw and afraid to love again. Fear thrives in the waste place of rejection. But see what the faithful God says. See what your faithful God says. For the Lord, verse 6, has what? Called you. He's called you. He's called your name. When others have ghosted you, when others have forgotten you, rejected you, walked out on you, God says, I have called you. I'm your husband. I'm your husband. He's called you, and I will never walk out on you. God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. No matter what human relationships you've had, where people have walked out on you, rejected you, and said, you're insufficient, you're inadequate, God says, no, I've called you. You're precious to me. I love you. I've called you, and I will never forsake you. Praise God. Verse 11, O you afflicted, tossed with tempest, and not comforted, Behold, I will lay your stones with colorful gems. Are you afflicted? Do you feel the waste place and you feel that desolation? He says, you afflicted one, tossed with tempest and not comforted. Behold, I lay your stones with colorful gems and your foundations with sapphires. Listen, when I build a, an addition or a house, uh, my foundation is not sapphires. My, my foundation is not beautiful gems. My foundation is cold concrete block. It's going in the dirt, man. It's not going to be seen. It's just to support the structure. Now, it's got to be built right. But it's not beautiful. It's not pretty. But God says, he says, your foundation, your foundation, your stones are going to be colorful gems and your foundations are going to be sapphires. Even the things that are underground that nobody else sees are going to be beautiful because I'm making you beautiful. Praise God. I will make your pinnacles of rubies and your gates of crystal and all your walls of precious stones. Listen, all your children shall be taught by the Lord. Not just your natural children, your spiritual children. That seed that's come from intimacy with you and God. That seed, God says, I'm taking them up. I'm taking them up and all your children will be taught by the Lord and great shall be the peace of your children. In righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear. Praise God. What waste place, what waste place are you in? Man or woman, part, child of God, bride of Christ. What waste place are you in that's causing you fear? What waste place are you in that's causing you terror? Look at what he says. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear. And from terror... For it shall not come near you. Praise God. What a wonderful thing. When God removes terror and God removes fear and God removes oppression, that's what he does for his bride. He said, I'm your husband. I'm your maker. Trust in me. Hallelujah. Romans 4, 18 through 20. It says, who, speaking of Abraham, against hope believed in hope. 
against hope, he believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations, according to which that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. He had a promise of seed, even when he was old and had no, no, no reality of it in his life. Verse 19, and not being weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Listen, Abraham had a promise that he and, and Sarah would bear a natural child, a child of promise. Not all of us have that promise that we will bear natural children, but all of us have a promise that we will be fruitful for God, that we can bring forth more children than the natural children, the seed of Christ. Praise God. I believe in God opening wombs. I believe that. I've seen people come and say, we bend all the doctors and, and we still can't get pregnant. I believe God is the God of, of closed and open wombs. I do. But if in his providence he says, I'm not giving you children, he says, get up and shout. Start singing your song. Start dancing because I'm going to give you more children than natural children. Praise God. Praise God. What did Abraham give glory to God for? For the promise of seed that was spoken years before. Now, God didn't just give this promise to Abraham, and then a week later, Sarah was pregnant. It was years and years before the fulfillment of the promise came. And in that period of waiting, God was testing Abraham, saying, Will you believe my promise, my word? Or will you look at your circumstances? Will you look at your body? Will you look at, the, at your, your beautiful wife getting very old, getting very wrinkly, and getting very far past the time of childbearing? What are you going to look at, Abraham? What are you going to look at? And Abraham, it says, he believed God. It says, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. What did he consider instead of looking at his own wasted body and Sarah's shriveled womb? He looked at the promise of fruitfulness from God. He hoped against hope. Friends, we too can be strong in faith if we keep our eyes on Christ and his unbreakable promises. We too can hope against the hopelessness of our waste places. Our waste places are saying, no, there's no way, there's no chance, it's impossible. God says, I will bring fruit. I will bring fruit. Our hope is not in our waste place, but in the God who comforts and heals all of our waste places. In the God who makes us fruitful because he is our heavenly husband. Hebrews 11, 11, By faith Sarah also herself received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age past the point of, of possibility on this earth because she judged him faithful who had promised. How did she receive strength to conceive seed? Because she judged him faithful who had promised. She believed that seed of the word being spoken to her, to her husband, and she stood on it. Friends, it's never too late to bring forth fruit to God. It says in, in Psalms, even in their old age, they shall still bring forth 
fruit. See, when the natural ceases to be, to be able, the spiritual is always able. Always able. There's nothing too hard for God. Believe his promises against natural hope. Don't waste your waste places. Don't waste your waste places by looking at the emptiness, looking at the circumstances. Look to God and to his promises. In Hosea 14.8, it says, In me your fruit is found. In me your fruit is found. I love that. Jesus said in John 15.5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me. That, that talk, that's talking about a connection that's touching. A vine and a branch is touching. It's connected. There's intimacy. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. A apart from that connection, you can do nothing. Abide in me. Abide in me. When Hannah, in 1 Samuel chapter 1, was in agony over the fact that she had no children for her husband, Elkanah, and her, Elkanah had two wives, and the other wife was having lots of kids, and she was tormented, and, and that other wife was like, oh, look, yeah, you may be the favored wife, but I got more kids, I make them happier than you. And she was tormented, and Elkanah said, am I not enough? Am I not better to you than seven husbands? But this woman had this groan in her for fruitfulness. She had this groan in her that the empty places, the waste places would be filled in her. And in her situation, it was the natural child. She wanted a child. She wanted a child so bad. And she went up to, to the place of worship where Eli the priest was. And she was found there. Eli saw her and she was, she was just moving her mouth. And he thought she was drunk and she was just groaning in her spirit with, without words. She couldn't even express her prayer to God. See, that's intimacy with God. That's intimacy with God. Prayer is the place where the seed meets, so to speak, the egg, where, where the union becomes reality and where life is born. We can read the word and we should read the word. We should take it in. That's that seed of God. But you know what? There's times where there's plenty of seed in a, in a husband-wife relationship. There's plenty of seed, and, but there's no connection. Do you understand that? There's no, there's no seed coming to the egg and bringing forth a new life. Intimacy with God is found in the secret place of prayer and worship. That's where intimacy is. See, you could read the Bible and be a diligent student of the Bible and know the Bible backward and forward, have that seed, but not be producing life. See, it's intimacy with Christ. It's a crying out and saying, God, if you don't give me fruit, I'm just, I don't, I'm going to die. I so want you to bring forth fruit in my life. He says, I'm going to make you more fruitful than those that in the natural seem to be so fruitful. So my friends, God's inviting you. I don't know this message is a Mother's Day message and it may apply to many different women, but it also applies to the body of Christ. It applies to everyone, man or woman. What waste places are in your life? What fear is in your life? What pain is in your life? God says, I will comfort all your waste places. And in comforting them, I'll take the dry and the barren places and the ruined places 
and I'll make them like the Garden of Eden. See, that's what God does. That's what he does. When you're married to Christ, you're going to bring forth fruit unto God. Jesus is not to be your roommate. He's to be your lover, your closest friend, your husband. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to open this altar for anyone that has heard this message and, and said, that's my waste place. That's my waste place, barrenness. I, I, I have read the word, I've studied the word, but I haven't been bringing forth fruit for God. That's my waste place, barrenness. Or for those that would say, my waste place is loss. I've lost something and, and it seems like I can't go on with God. I can't get my mind off of what I've lost. And God's saying, I'm your husband. I will make you fruitful. You're not alone. You're not alone. Or maybe your waste place is rejection. Someone in your life is disappointed. You walked out on you. Not been there for you. Maybe it was your father, your mother. Jesus, the word of God says, when my father and mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. God wants to heal and comfort our waste places. So come and let the Holy Spirit do a work in you. Come and let the Holy Spirit speak to you and give His promise to you and lift you up. Oh God, thank you. Thank you that you comfort all our waste places, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.